Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Tapcalf Transmissions. I'm Corey, joined as always by Justin Eckhart Slatter. How are you doing tonight, Eck? Pretty, pretty well. Uh, having a good one. Um, yeah, not much to complain about. What about yourself? Oh, I, I am fantastic. Uh, we took last week off, as everyone knows, because mm. they were just sitting there refreshing their, uh, their feed. No episode showed up. Uh, but tonight we're back. We're ready to talk some Tales of the Jedi. Maybe a little bit of Andor, but uh, yeah, I think any... we'll probably mostly keep it to Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, also, now is probably a good time to make a bit of an announcement. Do you right. want me to do it, Corey? Uh, yeah. If you want, you can. You can do it. Okay. So uh, we've decided we'll be taking a little bit of time away, sort of. Uh, we're going to continue to put out weekly episodes, but we are going to take a bit of a break from reading. I and Corey kind of echoed this sentiment uh, on, on his end as well. I'm feeling a bit overworked, a bit overwhelmed, uh, and we've been, we've done pretty much two, what is it, two years now? Yeah, we're, we're over two years in because this is like episode 130 mm. almost. So yeah, we've done two years pretty much of not a book every week, but I'd say on average a book every two weeks or so. Um, so I, th I think we're going to take a little a little bit of a sabbatical, but the good thing is you guys seem to like these kind of episodes just as much. We've got lots to cover. We've got Andor. Um, we'll make it known. I would like to come back to, um, to Lost Stars maybe uh, just for kind of a big one. What do you think about that, Corey? Uh, yeah, I mean... The end of Star by Star is kind of a good split for mm -hmm. NJO. So if we do a book or two in the middle of that before getting to Dark Journey, I think that that works fine. Especially if we're able to plan Lost Stars around uh, Alex being available yep. as well. Yeah. Uh, but it works out pretty well if we take... A, so it'll still be essentially weekly episodes. This week we're doing Tales of the Jedi. Next week we'll do and or talk. The week after that, I'm actually going to be... Uh, hanging out with Justin in real life, so no episode there. Maybe a, a Twitter picture or something. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, so the I, show's I was hoping we could record a live episode, but the logistics are starting to seem difficult. Yeah, I, I'll probably bring my microphone, and mm -hmm. maybe we'll be able to do something. But mm -hmm. the way the shows are right now, this is kind of the perfect time to focus a little bit more on the shows. Uh, maybe do that extra episode that we've been hoping to get the other special guests for somewhere mm -hmm. in there. So it really shouldn't be a, a big interruption in programming, but we both no. got a ton of stuff that we're trying yeah. to work on right now that makes reading the books a little bit more of a harder thing to fit in than it usually is. Yeah, from like a behind-the-scenes perspective, right now Star Wars is kind of at a low point. It's normal. It has its, its valleys and, and mountains. So we're all kind of, as YouTubers, you always got to kind of adapt and try new things. So Corey's got some kind of... un as of yet uh unspoken projects in the work works i've started a hockey channel which a bunch of you have found and left comments on which i appreciate so it's a good time uh for us to kind of just step back from the books i was also starting to feel a little bit burnt out from uh new jedi order to be honest which i kind of thought might happen yeah. um it's 10 books they're all pretty dark 19 uh yeah, sorry i meant 10 books so far oh yeah or are we on is it start by start nine 10 or nine anyways um either way We've we've read a lot and some really long ones. Star by Star was long. What was the other really long one we read recently? Uh, Princess and the Scoundrel wasn't was kind of long. Mm, that one was pretty long. But uh, in the meantime, let us know if there's any sort of special episode types you guys would like to see. Uh, we also might do comics as well at some point. Yeah, uh, 
comics are like comics are easy for us to fit in. Uh, people mm-hmm. really seem to like the video game ranking episode, even if uh, mm. a lot okay. of our opinions got uh, got not the most positive reception. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people listen to that on the audio version as well as watching the video version. So mm. if there's something else in that vein that people want to see, that's uh, usually relatively easy for us to to work in as well. So it's not yeah. the end of us reading books or something. It's just no, a bit no, of a no. break until no, right, late November, yeah. early December. Yeah. Uh, Yep. And then we'll get right back on that. Once we're starting to feel a bit more kind of... Once things once things kind of normalize a bit and once yeah. we've had some time to uh, to get some to get a break in, so yeah. to speak. Most podcast I'm, channels I've noticed that I follow take a break in the summer. Yeah. Like a complete break. I guess that's maybe because I follow a lot of hockey channels, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like you're working on hockey stuff. I'm doing a little bit of history stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I'm trying to do some other longer videos or more edited videos for both Datapad and Loses. So being able to put the time in while I'm trying to save up for a house towards stuff that makes a bit, mm. has a bit more of a payoff. It's just a, an easier choice for now. But we just didn't want to... We're obviously... We're still doing basically weekly episodes. We just didn't want to have people sitting there with their copy of Dark Journey in hand just waiting for the for the next week's announcement when we're still going to be a few weeks yeah. off from that. For sure. But with that said, any, oh, unless you wanted to add any more to that, any other Star nope. Wars news we should talk about today? Um, do you want to talk about how I was the main antagonist for, or a side antagonist, at least for half a day of on Twitter? I forget entirely Twitter. what this was about now. So. I actually did think you get in so too. many, you get, you get in so many fights. It's hard to keep track. So what happened? And it's kind of funny because I was just, I would, we were just joking about and two weeks ago about the, the another individual who, who kind of uh, made themselves the the main bad guy, or, or they painted themselves as the main bad guy on Twitter, and now I've done the same thing. So what happened is I tweeted out what I thought was a relatively innocuous opinion that Andor should have a different name. Um, right, okay, I remember what we're talking about now. Yeah, Andor should have a different name uh, because I my argument was that it doesn't do a good job of appealing to average not only just average fans but even average star wars fans and it's kind of funny because a few of my friends follow my uh my online sort of things and i i was out the other night with them for the first time in a while and my buddy is like yeah i saw your thing about andor i totally agree i i don't even give a shit about that show and i loved rogue one so i was like there we go can you uh, tweet that up so i can retweet it or something <laughs> um but the argument i made is that People mistook it. I, I, and that's it's partially my mistake for how I worded it. I was like, people aren't really going to care about somebody in, who died in Rogue One, and that you know, so everyone was like, well, all of Star Wars is about someone who died. It's not really the point. It's yeah. like I, yeah. Anyway. I feel like you didn't do yourself any favors with the second no, tweet, even though your point should have been, and to me, was clear from the first one. It was yeah. more of an addendum that people ran with, mm-hmm. and yeah, like it's. The origins of of Anakin are a story on their own, but they still didn't call it like Star Wars Darth Vader exactly. or young Darth Vader. Because like when when fucking when Phantom Menace came out, one of the things that people made fun of was like, oh look, it's baby Darth Vader. And ultimately, people came around to the story of like, oh, this is how Darth Vader happened. Yep. But with Cassian, it, it, there wasn't like a a, a huge uh, clamoring for more info about how Cassian was before. And I, it's not that there's no story to tell there. Obviously, both of us love the show, mm-hmm. but 
uh, for people who aren't as invested as we are, this seemed like an easily skippable one for them. Like you're saying your friends felt that way. And I have friends who, uh, who are kind of out on it as well until I was like, no, you, you're watching the show and you'll mm -hmm. like it. But, and, and that yeah. includes a friend who, uh, who wasn't going to watch Andor, but wanted to binge tales of the Jedi the first day. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, if you look at the actual content or subject matter, I would probably put Tales of the Jedi in terms of whether or not just based on the content, you'd think it would appeal to more people. I'd put it below Andor, not as a comment on the quality of the show yet, which we'll get to, but mm -hmm. just in how I think that would work. But. Yeah, no, totally. I, I kind of have the same thing. I've got one of those buddies who's like, you'll if you like TV, you'll love to have him. His name is Josh, because if you recommend a show... He will actually go watch it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm careful because I don't want to recommend him, 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 him BS. But he really liked uh, Mando. He liked parts of Book of Boba Fett. I was like, Josh, I know you're not interested in this one. He's like, yeah, I'm not. But he checked it out. And he, like, he, he's, he's, he loves it. He's, he said it was his favorite Star Wars story uh, since, since the new yeah. uh, kind of reset, which is, is great. And I just wonder how many people are out there kind of like Josh who... Are missing out you know for whatever reason and and I, I think the main like I know Rogue One is is, is 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 it's your favorite Star Wars movie right so maybe yes. you feel different about it than I do but for me personally the characters were the weakest part of Rogue One um, I felt like there were two maybe they didn't do enough or maybe there were too many characters outside of Jin. so I, I guess the in, the kind of background of Cassian just didn't really interest me uh, and again, they've they went and completely changed their mind, and they did it with the first trailer. But the thing is, a lot of people, most people, don't get to first trailer point. Most people see a title and make a decision based on that. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like there were there were two kind of main responses aside from the character dead point that were that I saw to your tweet. And the first one that I don't think is particularly worth engaging with here because people who listen to the show know your general opinions was that you just exist to hate star wars stuff and you're that's not you mm -hmm. yeah, uh, sure. or to just shit on it because you like the show you even said you love the show, oh, yeah, the love the show it wasn't yeah. that you were saying it was bad mm -hmm. and the other tweet or the other response that i think is a bit more worth explaining why i think it's wrong is the idea that oh well why does it need to appeal to more people yeah that was a weird one and so i think there, there's two ways to look at that and one is, does every show need to be made for everyone? No. I think, like, to the extent that they have a point, it's that not everything does need to appeal to everyone. So you can have different genres of shows in Star Wars, and it can still be Star Wars. You can have different tones. Mm -hmm. The difference, and I, I don't know why I'm explaining your point for you, but the difference is Andor, as a show, could be appealing to so many more people Mm -hmm. and it's just not partially because of the name. And that's an easy thing that has no impact on the actual content of the show that maybe could have been done better. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't suggest the show not star Andor or even be yeah. about Andor explicitly, although it's really not... I mean, he's more of a vehicle to show what's happening throughout the galaxy. Like, it's... Obviously, we are seeing him, you know, develop and his character change and stuff. But, like, while he is driving the show, it's really him finding himself in a bunch of situations, as I'm sure we'll talk about uh, next week when we we uh, we get to, I guess that will be, what, episode nine, nine? next week? Yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, so, yeah, just a, I, I don't know, just a weird, a weird thing that I thought was, 
Maybe I should have saved it for next week, but I just I thought it was an interesting discussion point. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will be more Twitter drama and or otherwise for us to talk about. That's a, a regular long se- uh, segment on the show now. Who are we say, arguing with now? <laughs> yeah, and I will say, uh, to give credit to my to my haters, I'm just joking, I don't have haters. Um, I, I think you got to be kind of self-centered to think you actually have, like, dedicated haters. But to the people who disagreed with me, some who, who were very rude, many who were very rude, uh fighting with these people online isn't really like anxiety inducing or scary at all like when i got like that big thing with like star wars theory or like anytime i like the other side comes after me then it's like oh my god i'm getting fucking unsolicited dick pics i'm getting death threats it's like these people are like some of them are a bit wild but they're pretty harmless same that's like also why i like try to fight taylor swift fans as much as possible (laughs) like the like active climate terrorist taylor swift um because like yeah like there's a lot of them and they're super like same with thrawn fans like there's a lot of them they're really uh you know aggressively in love with their icon but it's like eh, pretty harmless at the end of the day yeah no one threatens to kill my kids for like you know uh for for saying andor's got a dumb name for anyone who hears this who does use Thrawn or some variation of his name as their screen name, uh, I'm sure this doesn't apply to you. I'm sure you're a very nice person. Uh, but there there seems to be a really high incidence rate of people going by Thrawn turning out to be really obnoxious online. Yeah, or being really into, like, the Thrawn. Just just into Thrawn and um, Eli. There's a lot of Thrawn and Eli stands out there. I, I get it. I get it. Should I uh, rename the stream to Tap Calf Talks Tales of the Jedi and then in parentheses Taylor's version? <laughs> Eco terrorist version. <laughs> yeah. Disgrace. She's a disgrace. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, let's let's uh, let's move on and talk about Tales of the Jedi. Uh, do you want to just give kind of your your basic uh, thoughts before we get into each episode, Corey? So overall, uh, the Dooku episodes I actually really liked. Uh, the Ahsoka episodes, it's not that I thought they were bad, and I think they're going to be the ones we end up talking about the most, mm-hmm. but uh, they just I didn't feel like I got anything out of them. Like, the first episode, I, I didn't particularly care about the characters, and for that to be the longest episode, like Ahsoka's parents, uh, it was... I mean, I, I do like seeing the different parts of different planets and different species. Yeah, that but, was the highlight of those uh, ones. But yeah, like I ultimately wasn't super invested in that story. Um, and especially for that to be the, the longest of the six was a little disappointing when it's supposed to be Tales of the Jedi. And there, I'm sure there could have been another more interesting thing to tell there. With the middle Ahsoka episode, like sure, we get a bit of a, a window into how Anakin's training worked, but I felt like we already got that in the Clone Wars. Like, I already knew that's how Anakin was as a master. Yeah, so... that was, like, the most egregiously um, unneeded one of the, of, the, of the lot. And I think you yeah. said something to me after you watched it, where it's, like, all that stuff is implied in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And, like, some of that stuff is also better left a little, you know, under the surface. Like, when you spell it all out, you're like, okay. It like, did yeah it didn't really feel like it was giving any extra content text or extra depth to any of the relationships which the dooku episodes really did or to the characters which the dooku episodes really did uh Mm -hmm. like this is all stuff that was very much in the text of the clone wars or other stories that we've seen that have as much or more prominence 
And then on the flip side, you have the third Ahsoka episode where it was a retelling of something uh, of like the major plot events of E.K. Johnson's Ahsoka book, but unnecessarily (laughs) changing details and telling like only parts of the story. So it's a semi retcon while still following the broad strokes and making some unnecessary changes. It's like a retcon where she's like pointing at her and laughing almost. (laughs) Yeah, like it's just it doesn't seem like it needs to exist. And like I, I get that like people don't all read the novels. But and like the the story of Ahsoka getting back to the rebels is good. But like the, some of the changes that were made there, mm-hmm. I I don't see the point of them, especially when you're leaving out some of the most interesting parts of that story. And maybe we'll get flashbacks showing like the purification of the lightsabers in uh, in Ahsoka itself, because that's how she gets them from the Inquisitor's red kyber crystals to her white ones. But yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I, th- I think you actually did a great job of summing up how, how I felt about it. I was a bit more mixed. Like, I- I'll-, I'll just kind of be straight up. I wasn't a big fan of this series, which was unfortunate because I feel like it had so much potential. Like, when Tales of the Jedi was announced, and it had been leaked before then, like some merch or something, like cast merch leaked, I was like, my worst fear is that this is a Clone Wars story. And, you know, it, it is, it- that's what it ended up being. Now, Mm-mm, no. One Clone Wars episode. <laughs> yeah, one Clone Wars era episode and then about characters central to the Clone Wars. But, um, what was I going to say? Uh, you, you got me, you got me fucking rattled. No, um, <laughs> I, I actually completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, uh, Clone Wars, it's all just Clone Wars and... Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. So I can look past my disappointment in the subject matter and and say the episodes themselves if if this is something you really wanted you were probably happy happy with it because they were very well constructed they were very well uh acted animated the music the the stories themselves were were i think ranged from good in terms of the the dooku yada one was very good i would say to to pretty poor um so i i think if this is what you wanted you'd be very happy for me like I was never super in love with the Clone Wars. I loved the prequels. Mm-hmm. The Clone Wars TV show never really did it for me. I didn't watch it until I... I'd watched like a lot of it before I'd started doing YouTube, but I wasn't a huge fan. I like it more now, not as much as, say, Rebels. Um, but... So, yeah, I, I just... It, it didn't do it for me, and that's disappointing because... Especially like in a time where they're talking about the High Republic, where you know there's been comics and books about Luke's New Jedi Order, I think like Star Wars Visions did a better job of what this series I think wanted, to, maybe what I wanted it to do, like break down the fundamental aspects of being a Jedi, um, which we see a little bit of in some of the shorts, but like I think shorts like The Village Bride from Tales or from uh, Visions did a much better job of um of kind of having those themes while still using new characters uh and kind of telling a more interesting story so i think the themes that it explored between most of the episodes were good like using dooku and ahsoka Mm -hmm. as that comparison point like showing two characters who have their clear differences with the jedi order uh and now one goes very much the wrong way while the other one still finds a way to turn that into some kind of service is yep. like i think that's a good theme uh i don't think that 17 minutes needed to be spent on like i i really like ahsoka as a character and like a lot of how she's used mm-hmm. but i don't think we needed 17 minutes of of her 
parents. And yeah. I, I do think we'll probably get more Tales of the Jedi in different eras, though, mm-hmm. to, to your point. Like, I, I think that is ultimately what they're probably going to do with it. But without mm-hmm. having that, without that being more than just speculation on my part, I do agree with you that, like, it yeah. is kind of disappointing that you hear Tales of the Jedi and then you get uh, solely this Clone Wars focus when there are, if you're getting an anthology and you hear anthology Tales of the Jedi, you probably do think a bit more exploration of how the different eras connect yeah. and exploring those themes through different times. Yeah, I, I actually agree with your point that the like thematically, I like the Ahsoka versus Dooku. Uh, like my main problem is we already know that you know, like yeah, for me, for there's sure. not a whole lot of emotional weight seeing Ahsoka turn to the like turn back into service, as you said, because we already know that happened. We know essentially what happened to Dooku, even if we don't know all the specifics. Um, like again, I give Dooku a bit more leeway because he is less of a, an explored character than Ahsoka. He's kind of usually just kind of the mm-hmm. bad guy. And his episode, especially the one, uh, his second episode, or his his final episode, rather, did add a lot to his character for me. But it's like, those ideas could have been done in a more interesting way with yeah. characters we didn't know, uh, in locations we didn't know. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's my main complaint. Like, it just, it felt like this was, like, very squarely within the comfort zone of everyone involved. Um, yeah. And, like, on a practical level, I, I get it. You see, when you watch these shows, especially when you watch a lot of Star Wars like we do, when you watch, like, the Bad Batch or Rebels or the Clone Wars, when you watch it all together, you really see, okay, this ship is here because, you know, they have this ship. Uh, this yeah. Rodian is here because they have this Rodian. I imagine that goes into some of it. It's more uh, economical to produce a, a series like this when you're doing the Clone Wars because you've got 100 Jedi, 100 ships, uh, you know, planets you can use. Yeah. Um so I get it. It's just I can't help but be disappointed ultimately. Yeah. We we sadly didn't get the Knights of the Old Republic version of Tales of the Jedi. But no, no. Yeah, they they definitely wouldn't do uh, this much asset production for just a small run of something in a different era. But uh, it really depends on what else can be reused, like environment wise. And... That's why I'm like a million times more excited for Visions um, yeah. because those will be. I really loved the season one of Visions. Obviously, for me, there were some stinkers, but there were also some really great ones. Um, for this, like, I don't know. There's no real short here that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, when I think back to Visions, I still think of um, the Ronin. What was that one? Oh, the duel the shore was called. Um, and the Village Bride and some of the other ones. For this, I don't know. There's nothing that really is going to stick with me. I think, like, Breakout Star Yaddle will probably stick with some people. Like, I think the Dooku stuff will stand in people's mm-hmm. memories a bit more. Yeah, uh, but ultimately, the problem with Ahsoka is just anything that this series is giving us, we already had. Like, yep. from a story perspective, and even from, like, a, a practical execution perspective. Like, there's nothing really new that's being explored here. Yeah, and it's not just like it hasn't been explored on screen because it has. Like season yeah. seven of the Clone Wars tackled some of these ideas, um, you know, rebels in a way. So yeah, yeah. I've had and enough Ahsoka until we move into the future. Yeah, like we didn't really need that much to bridge the season seven Ahsoka to no. uh, season one Rebels. She's in season one, right? Not yeah, not two. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, especially where there is already the Ahsoka novel. And yeah. 
this is something that I tweeted out before the podcast started because I was hoping I would get some interesting discussion points. But, you know, my opinion is so based, pretty much everyone just agrees with me. I disagree with you a little bit, so. Okay, go ahead. We'll read your, read your opinion before All I... All right, so my, I'm not going to read it word for word, um, but basically my opinion is I don't care if... Or at least I understand why. Maybe don't care is too strong. I understand why Dave Filoni wants to tell a story that has already been written in the Ahsoka novel. I would prefer... I, for me, this specific instance feels really unnecessary because... Yes. He had a million stories he could tell. He could have told a story about Ahsoka f- 10 months after this, and it would have been completely new territory as far as I know. Um, but he didn't. He stepped on E.K. Johnson's toes. And was it worth it? Did it add a whole lot? In my opinion, not really. Um, so, but again, I understand it. I've never been, despite what my job is, I, like I've said this a million times, I've never been a big canon guy. Like, if you're going to overwrite things to make, ultimately, more interesting creative decisions or better creative decisions, I'm okay with that. Um, But I still do feel like the books are being kept, are are given a very small box to work with. Uh, Like, like Johnson is given, you've got the, you know, I I don't remember how how far the Ahsoka novel goes, but you've got this specific time period to work in. um, And when it comes out that like one of the movies or TV shows wants to deal with that ultimately there's no guarantee they're going to follow it they don't they obviously don't have to uh, same thing happened to the Mandalorian with Cobb Vanth where they kept elements of his character from Aftermath but changed others same thing happened uh, in the Bad Batch with uh with um what's her name's death uh Caleb's master uh, was that Depa yeah Depa Balaba's death where it's like kind of similar but like it's also a retcon so it's like i don't know i just i wish if they're going to be so loosey-goosey with like there's still a hierarchy of canon like it's obvious and like that's just how it's going to be from a a money-making perspective movies will earn you a thousand times or maybe a hundred times as much as books so like you know movies and shows so they're always going to kind of be the main driver of a franchise in our uh in our hellish uh, capitalist society, but yeah, that's that's kind of my setup. You can you can hit me with your disagreements now. So I, I agree with you with uh, most of that, but I think like there was a point yeah. you made in the tweet of like why even pretend that uh, none of that hierarchy exists, and I think ultimately because the way I often end up seeing that portrayed is like this is back to being just as bad as Legends uh, was for the consistency. And I really don't think that's the case. Like, the as much as this the short disregards the specifics of basically everything E.K. Johnston did, like, they're very clearly working off of the same outline that Filoni gave Johnston. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it's the same skeleton with a lot of the pretty important specifics gone, especially the issues with representation where the character, uh, like, I, I think the girl in the book, like, it's basically the same story on a farm or whatever. I haven't mm-hmm. actually read the book, so I'm not entirely familiar with it. But uh, it used to be, I think, a black queer girl, and mm-hmm. now it's just uh, random sister random of, white yeah. girl, yeah. Uh, which people are understandably not happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I, I think... 
there's definitely more of an attempt to keep the broad strokes similar and but it, it's not the same kind of situations we got in legends where like Corin horn physically cannot exist in the time period that he's supposed to mm-hmm. uh and where like marvel stuff was off in its own plane of existence there you'd almost never get a connection between two different mediums you even had uh you had author wars within bantam and within del rey you had the bantam and del rey authors not wanting to acknowledge stuff that happened in comic books so timothy zahn's books went from after dark empire to before Mm -hmm. and i think we're very far removed from that uh even if the clear clash or clear hierarchy and like Mm -hmm. if you have a book and a movie or a show that want to cover something similar the movie or the show is going to take higher precedence and I think part of it is that the story group is not a governing body. It's a resource. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have Matt Martin and Pablo Hidalgo telling Dave Filoni, this is all you can do. If Dave Filoni and John Favreau want to do something, they'll have the story group telling them, like, okay, this is what exists before. These are some things you can use. They might pull from some of those, but if they decide to ignore it, those aren't people you're going to be able to functionally say no to. Or if you're making a movie and you get J.J. Abrams on board, if he doesn't want to do X he thing... He can't even read, not, so it's tough. <laughs> he's not going to He's not gonna follow that. They're not going to be beholden to that. So even if the... like, I think it's in a, a better position consistency-wise, but you're never going to remove those hierarchies just because of the people who... Like, you're not going to convince the the filmmakers or the storytellers that they need to adhere to those things when they're that much higher status. Yeah. I guess I'd push back against that a little bit. Like I, I, I think that had George Lucas made movies after episode six, you like in the time period, you would have been right. I honestly don't feel like they got a chance to retcon, you know, many of the main story beats that were told just because like they hadn't been told yet. Like, like, they kept the prequel era for the prequels. Now, obviously, elements were changed, like you mentioned. The way the Jedi worked in Legends is pretty much completely disregarded. Things like Cornhorn don't work very well. Um, but I, 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 I do think, you know, if you, you're right, but, like, I think it would have been more obvious had he made Episode Seven because George Lucas' Episode Seven wasn't going to have anything to do yeah. with, you know... Anyone yeah. who thinks like episode seven, eight, nine was gonna be George's adaptation of Dark Nest is fucking crazy. Like it wasn't yeah. gonna be the Thrawn trilogy, it wasn't gonna be Dark Nest, it wasn't gonna be the NJO. It wasn't right. gonna happen. Yeah. I honestly don't feel like video games have integrated themselves though that much uh I like I, I don't think there's been not just video games, but I don't think there's been that much of a better connection in canon between mediums. Uh, like I, maybe you see books working together a little more nicely, but like the high Republic, for example, this massive era, this huge storytelling, uh, endeavor. And it's like, nothing kind of carries forward. And part of that's because of the time period, but like, you don't really see anything kind of carry forward into the, into the, the canon books outside of like the high Republic. You don't really see well, what opportunity has there been for that anyways? Like what would carry forward? Where's something that, like, contradicts any of it? I think it's far enough removed that there's nothing you'd really expect to be coming into play. Yeah, but is that not by design? Like, I think that's going to happen when you're starting with any new period. But, like, I, I don't think that books, shows, even movies to some extent, comics and games have all integrated a lot more than they 
had in the past, like Calcastus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think they have either. No, I'm um, saying they, they have more. Oh, I don't really agree with that. Like, I mean... I'm just I'm, like I can't really think of that many examples of things that have crossed over. Like Cal Kestis hasn't really crossed over very much. He hasn't yet, but like he's getting there's more like tie-in books to the games. There's more cross references of Is there, events though? that are established in one. Yeah, like stuff that gets established in a book or something that gets referenced later. Th- those references happen a lot more than they ever did. Those characters can cross over a lot more. Like I don't Iden, know if I agree. That kind- Iden shows up in other books. There's mentions of no. Things she only from- shows up in the in the alphabet squ- or in the uh, the tie-in novel, which like most Legends books did get. Well, like, pro- uh, Operation Cinder was Operation a pretty, Cinder is is the one. It's example a pretty I was, major cross media thing. Yes, and that was I, the I think one most example of those I was major gonna... ones do still exist. Whereas before, like Kyle Katarn was the biggest game character ever for Star Wars. And then he's mm-hmm. MIA from every book up until Legacy of the Force. Like, the whole joke of, like, where the fuck is Kyle during the Yuzon Vong War? He but, doesn't I mean, get Kyle Katarn also got his own his own tie-in novels as well. Um, I like, I, I think Aiden's actually a great example because, and, and you, you are right, I, I will say, the Operation Cinder and the events around that is the one exception. When they started off with Jakku, like, anything in Aftermath has been treated pretty well. Um, probably because it's the first thing that came out and it kind of set the stage. That got treated pretty well. It was well referenced in Battlefront 2 for the Battlefront updates, or Battlefront updates is a YouTuber, uh, <laughs> Battlefront 2. Um, but like you look at other major elements from those novels, like you haven't read after it, and that's not to call you out, and you are not usually left scratching your head about what's going on. Like there's, there's a huge, uh, fuck, what's his name again? Um, like, would you have uh, seen would you have seen Cobb Vanth come into uh come into a show before? I mean Cobb Vanth coming into the show is essentially the same as the Ventress is the closest comparison that I can think of. But that was another thing where it was like a pre-established cross media situation. Cobb Vanth coming into the show is not as big as Coruscant coming into the prequels, in my opinion. Not even close. Because the Cobb Vanth we get in the show is Cobb Vanth by name only. His backstory has essentially been changed. Um, and, like, oh, what's that guy's name from Aftermath? The uh, so I'm just going to send in the chat now who I'm talking about. The, the, the bad guy who takes over for the Empire and kind of crashes them. Like, there are major, major, major plot threads that are left hanging in Aftermath that are... Oh, uh, it's, I was going to say, it's not Hux, it's... um. So like he's never been he's never been mentioned. But like it like Dark Empire, for example, you're right that a lot of the books kind of you know look sideways at it, but it still gets brought up, you know, in at least a probably a dozen books. It it had the comics, you know, you see it in the video games in uh you know, sort of in Empire at War, but more directly in Rogue Squadron. Um, you know, Mara Jade is in one of the uh is in Jedi Knight. Um when you play, uh, there's a bunch of references in Jedi Knight 2. Lando you have, always has so the same So you have shit. more examples of stuff going downstream, for sure. Like, you have, or you have, not more examples than that, but, like, you have examples of things going downstream. There's very few examples of things that go upstream. So Coruscant is a big one. There were mm-hmm. references in the prequel trilogy to things that had been established earlier because George liked the name or something. But mm-hmm. there, I don't think there's quite as many situations where something that is so unnecessary to maintain any kind of consistency gets brought in 
Like, you don't need any of these things to exist. Whereas, like, if Coruscant hadn't been brought in, that would have been a very big problem rather than just, oh, look, it's this cool thing we have. And, like, it would have been very easy for Book of Boba Fett and Mando to mm. ignore Cobb Vanth, ignore Black Chrysanthemum, but instead those things were brought in. And I do think we will see situations where Cal gets brought into books, not just because of uh, the Fallen Order book, but because he'll become a more major character. That's also a little unfair because we're living in an era where we get more Star Wars content in a year than we did in, you know, three decades essentially like we get more like book of boba fett it gives us like a prequels worth of, of tv shows and like it, it it's cheaper and it comes out you know after the material's already written when it comes to the expanded universe the old expanded universe most of the you know the tie-in stuff came out after uh like there are very few things from the from the eu before the like from the post uh there were very few things from the post Endor. EU, or from the post-original trilogy EU that could have impacted the prequels because that's how they were purposefully written. Coruscant is one, but I mean, they didn't go within like a thousand years of the prequel trilogy. Um, so... I, like, I, don't I, think I think part of that just gets to how much more of an emphasis there is on the fact that these different storytelling modes exist, and despite... The fact that there are contradictions that they are part of the same universe mm -hmm. like i i think nowadays if we have something that's njo-esque you would get more mentions of kyle katarn before you get to him being like in the background of legacy of the force mm -hmm. like i think cal will be in a bigger position than kyle katarn is if you look at the the different periods whereas like sure there's uh there's mentions of stuff from the thrawn trilogy throughout but like that stuff leaks into other comics or into video games but that was almost in a position of being like th the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. except in a, a smaller pool I think Thrawn is actually a good example in canon because they've given Timothy Zahn this entire backstory, right? And let's be honest, none of it's going to mean a fucking thing 99% likely. Like, I don't think when Thrawn comes back, he's going to be the, you know, the anti-hero or even protagonist that Timothy Zahn writes. I think he's pretty clearly going to be a villain. Like, we're not going to hear fucking Gresk mentioned in the Ahsoka show. I think that gets into a bigger discussion about Timothy Zahn that we've kind of covered on yeah. some of those episodes. Where, like, I think the the Thrawn in Rebels is kind of more true to the Thrawn trilogy Thrawn than yeah, definitely. Thrawn in the Ascendancy trilogy. So I think that's... I, I guess my point is, like, there's all these books that are handed out, and they... All these books that... Okay, I guess I'll... You've got some good points, so I guess I'll kind of rephrase my argument. There are all these books that are handed out. They're given a very small box to work in, as I said. Thrawn Ascendancy is given to Timothy Zahn. He can write three fucking 700-page books, 500-page books, 400, whatever. Because there's almost a 0% chance that there's going to be a TV show or something that someone's going to want to write. So they know, you know, you know, you're pretty much free in this area. You don't need to worry about it. Resistance Reborn is probably the best example of this. They weren't even given the script for episode 9. They had to tell a story set between episode 8 and episode 9 about getting ready for episode 9. They didn't fucking even know what happens. Um, so, like... 
it's not like I guess my main issue is that there still is this this hierarchy of canon, and I understand that, but like they're not even giving the books a shot, really. Like the like the Cobb Vanth one is 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 another good example where they did use Cobb Vanth, but like if it had if it hadn't have been convenient for them to use him, I don't think they would have. Um, like if the author had made a bit more of a kind of stranger storytelling decision, like Cobb Vanth burned Boba Fett's armor. And also, the, the book never explicitly says it's Boba Fett's armor, uh, from what I remember. Then, you know, I think the show would take a different approach. Like, oh, you know, that wasn't Boba Fett's armor. That was Mandalorian Protector Fought's armor. Sure, but that those kinds of retcons still involve engaging with the different materials, though. Sort of, but, like, it's in a source book or something, or, like, in a... StarWars.com article. Like, well, if we wanted, like, still just using comparisons of Boba Fett's armor, mm-hmm. nobody ever gave a fuck about reconning why, uh, what's his face from the Marvel comics? Jaster Muriel? Oh. Yeah, no, uh, not Jaster Muriel. The one who, the, the Mandos from there, like, why they're all Boba Fett or how oh, yeah. any of that doesn't end up making sense or why Boba Fett tries to be an incel for a few years. But like I, a vol I think cell. The, people got very mad at me when I said incel. Right. He's a vol I'm, cell because it's voluntary, right? Uh, but I ultimately, like, I agree that it, it's far from perfect. If you want that kind of continuity, and that uh, the books will get the the raw end of the deal as soon as someone who's telling a TV show story or a movie wants to overwrite that. But at the same time, I would put the chances of say dr afra or uh of cal kestis showing up in a live action show or an animated show or even a future movie as being far above zero percent whereas mm-hmm. if we were talking about sabba sebatine showing up in a movie that was like if we knew right now that george or someone can like the canon reset didn't officially happen but we were sitting here in 2013 knowing there's a sequel trilogy coming i'm mm-hmm. putting absolutely zero dollars on saba showing up anywhere in the future i'm i know that's all done and yeah. i think there is a difference there yeah uh, but that's also the trade-off for goods for having more expansive stories right like like and yeah i'm not putting like, a value judgment on that i'm just saying like i do think that is a sign that they aren't quite as disposable as just saying like oh it doesn't matter and that'll never have the mm-hmm. the interplay there because like there's also uh there was the comics uh the vader comics the early comics that had some of the start of the inquisitors and mm-hmm. one of those characters who was kind of a background inquisitor character that wasn't fleshed out very much like i think she appeared in two issues and like ultimately left the inquisitors and died she's now getting a book Mm-hmm. where she's being used to explore the Inquisitors and how they got set up a bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't think would have happened before. Okay. that's I think that's a good point. The Inquisitors is a good point. Um, I guess the comics have had some room to tell stories more so than the books. I guess don't like comics, so a little bit biased against them. I, I guess the only thing that I, I would kind of end with is that... I think one element of interconnectivity that, that Star Wars Legends was really strong with was, like, actually setting up the universe. Um, things like Victory Star Destroyers appeared in everything, you know? They were in 
comics, they were in books, they were in video games. Uh, now, part of that's because, you know, the, the, the they were setting the foundation of the universe, but that was kind of one element of uh, yeah. Legends that canon hasn't done quite as well yet when it comes to, to connecting things. Like, like every time I... I go to do like an obscure ship video. I'm always shocked at like how many different places it showed up in that I, I yeah. didn't expect. But that that comes down to like the source books used to kind of be king in setting up lore. Yeah. Like if you were writing a book, if you were writing anything, if you needed a any kind of primer on how do I do a Star War, they just threw you a fucking West End game source book mm-hmm. and said pull something from that. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that is lacking a bit more now. Yeah. Uh, where no one's looking at fantasy flight game stuff and saying, let's put a maelstrom in this bed. But Yeah. There aren't too many new source books either. Not enough new ships. Where was the where were the new Star Destroyers in Tales of the Jedi? That's right. Yeah. Alright, so that's broadly the Ahsoka episodes. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about regarding the Ahsoka episodes? The Inquisitor was a really cool design. Um uh, if they are going to try to retcon it, because someone in the chat did mention that it is technically kind of nondescript enough that it could just be Ahsoka did literally the exact same thing twice. You can't fix the veil stuff, but uh, Ahsoka did the exact same thing twice. She's killed so many goddamn Inquisitors. Yeah. She kills a couple in Rebels. She kills this... I don't know if this guy was supposed to be a ghost or like a fucking... What, the, that phantom that... um What's his name? The ship thief uses in the Thrawn trilogy, but... He kind of just like fucking smokes away and dies. That was cool. Did Palpatine disband the Inquisitors before A New Hope? Is that a thing? I have no idea. I mean, probably not. I I don't know actually. Definitely not in Legends, obviously. Um, like, was it because Ahsoka had killed all of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka may have just killed them all. Uh, disappearance. Uh, the Empire. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it seems like we don't really know, so. Star Wars Secrets of the Jedi said the Inquisitors had vanished, but I mean, I definitely wouldn't be surprised for there to be another Inquisitor at some point. Yeah. yeah. This is not epic. Yeah. Basically. Uh, is there anything from either of the other Ahsoka episodes before we get to... No. I, I don't think there is. I like I they were fine. I like Again. the uh, I actually liked the first one maybe the most, even though it was kind of useless, just because it was like a little vignette, you know. Yeah, at least it was new. Yeah, and it was like, you know, I don't know. It wasn't something we already knew. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, it was just kind of this is what happened. It was just like a story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was probably too hard on it, saying how unnecessary it was, but. Okay. Uh, I, I liked it while watching it for its own sake. The music but... was good as well. And it was, you know, it was pretty touching in a way. You know, babies and families are always a good topic. Well, well, for me, what it was is like after she didn't kill the, the beastie thing, I was like, oh, Ahsoka's mom's going to die now. And you know how I get about that stuff. So Yeah, true. Just you had to grab your mom's ashes and keep her closer to watching it. <laughs> yeah. Did you like that uh, Inquisitor design, though? I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was very menacing looking. I liked its, uh, like, beak it had. Yeah, it just reminded me of, like, the, the plague design. Plague like the Doctor, plague yeah. 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 And then it kind of reminded me of Jax from League of Legends for some reason, which kind of threw me off a bit. But mm. he he wasn't very good at stuff. So. Use your ult against her! <laughs> she can't hit you if you counter-strike! 
It, it was a, it was an easy fight for Ahsoka. It's just because Ahsoka is like so much better than the dregs that Palpatine is going to be or Vader is going to be able to get for the Inquisitorious. Yeah, yeah. Ahsoka is based in red pilled. She's a Giga Chad um, anti simp hero, and uh, yeah, no one's got a chance. <laughs> All right, Dooku. Any any thoughts on the? So was the first episode? Was that supposed to be Raxus Secundus as well? I don't. Think I, so. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, I think because it, it was no. The, I, I don't think so. It was a lot of the same aesthetic, but I feel like that just came down to oh, this the, is the some senator. boys are running out of coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no i don't think so um i liked yeah i i uh, the first one see like that was kind of my problem with the dooku i don't feel like we needed two episodes kind of doing the same thing there yeah um, it was literally less powerful version of the same dude than more powerful. yeah or i guess the flip because the senator wasn't really responsible in the second one yeah i would have liked i like the mace one i think was a bit wasn't was the one that was unnecessary i I don't think mace there's a hardcore like section of mace fans who are like always trying to you know mace did nothing wrong basically i i think they yeah. maybe took a bit of an l on this one because I, I i i don't know i i think dooku's I think not they the took right a bit thing. of an l on the on the prequel trilogy if they didn't acknowledge that well, then yeah, they're exactly. probably not gonna be convinced by this episode that's kind of one thing that I was wondering. So, obviously, there's some tension between Mace and uh, Dooku. Dooku believes that, you know, the Jedi should be beyond rules. And I agree to an extent. Like, when Mace, Mace basically says Jedi can't intervene in planetary disputes unless they're they're on the council or the council orders them to. Like, what the fuck is with that? Like, like you can't step in and help the boys out, like, without calling home, like, getting a letter of, like, acceptance. Like, I, yeah. But on the other hand, Dooku's obviously, you know, way off too. At the end of the episode, Dooku, or Mace says to Dooku that, like, the Jedi aren't guided by the Senate or by ego. Is he spot on there? Is he halfway right? What do you think? Sorry, what was the... At the end of the episode, Mace, uh, Dooku is talking to Mace, and Mace says, thankfully the Jedi aren't guided by the Senate. And then he looks at him and says, or by ego. Is he right? Like, is Dooku's main thing ego? Is it? I think it is. Thing? Yeah, because like he, he the just Jedi, knows better. the Jedi are not, uh, like the the whole point of like the Jedi can't be serving justice when they primarily just exist as the Senate's attack dogs, or they only exist to protect the status quo as determined by the Senate. That mm. is a, a very accurate point. The fact that they're not able to act in clear situations where there's injustice going on. That is a, a valid point. But Dooku is also... It, it doesn't come across as much in this. Yeah. Because the that, only failing of Dooku in this first two episodes, like, oh, he used Force Choke. Yeah. That's evil. But, mm -hmm. like, he's still ultimately thinking... It's the same problem that we have with, like, Kip Durin and mm -hmm. the NJO Jedi situation. Best. Where it is not good either for there to be... And Jason, even. For there to be mm -hmm. these also fallible individuals whose main separation is that they have superpowers being able to go around and acting out their own views of what justice actually is if they're right about that specific situation then great and the fact that that uh, rather qui-gon and uh dooku weren't able to act in an appropriate way there because they were limited by the council of the republic is a problem but as soon as 
they decide that the right thing to do is something which is ultimately going to be harmful for everyone, then it's... He is just acting out of ego, and mm-hmm. there's no controls on that. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, I agree. At first, I at first I was ready to kind of, you know, I, I was ready to say, "Listen, mate, you don't know what you're talking about." But it, you're right. It is the classic. You know better than these fucking yokels. They can't figure things out. Just impose your divine will against them, which is kind of the same thing we see in the Plagueis novel. The little part that Tuku's in, and Palpatine clearly manipulates that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you do get the feeling he has the right intentions, even if it is driven by ego. Um, but I mean, that's a pretty common thing with like all Darksiders. There's very few like true Sidious Darksiders that are f- the focus anyway, um, where it's like, listen, I just want to control everything. Usually you've got the Jason and the Anakin who are, you know, they think they're in it for the right reasons, just like on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or The Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Uh, or The Bachelor, I can't remember the other ones, but um, <laughs> but you know, obviously it doesn't work out sometimes. Love Island, Love Island, yeah. But like, so in the first episode, there's more of an indication aside from the Force choke that what Obi Wan or not Obi Wan, what Qui Gon and Dooku are doing is more legitimate because mm-hmm. they are trying, they are acting. Ultimately, on the instructions or under the direction of the people who are affected. And I think it sidesteps the important issue of, like, is what they're doing justified, even if they're using unsavory means by, like, kidnapping the governor's son by just saying, like, oh, he agrees with us as well. But that Mm -hmm. also makes it a bit easier to go along with what Qui-Gon and Dooku are doing, where they're essentially saying, okay, this is the injustice that's being done upon these people. These people are the ones pointing it out. They sort of took it into their own hands, and we're here to try to stop the crackdown on them. We'll also yeah. seek some kind of peaceful resolution that serves the justice being sought by them. And that's an instance where he's he's acting, and especially Qui-Gon is acting less out of his own ego. Mm-hmm. When you get to the second one, he is doing that partially, but he's less aware of the situation as it's happening. He's only aware of the fact that they're being lied to. And he's clearly angry about it too. Yeah. The ultimate sin that's occurring there isn't the Republic against the interests of the people there. It isn't about Mm. the people there and their interests against the Republic. It's that he's personally being fucked with. And that's not okay. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where he draws his line. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the the big difference there. That's a good point, actually. Uh, That makes me like the episode a bit more. I think that's a good... uh... A good, because I I gotta say I was kind of questioning the need for two, but I I do think that shows how you know he does have the right intention. But once you kind of yeah, once you you know think that you're above it all and and you, he's right and that he isn't above it all. But like mm-hmm. there's also that's why I think like a Qui Gon episode could have been really nice because Qui Gon is yeah. sort of the same way in that he thinks in a way that he's above it all and he does openly flaunt the Jedi council in a way so how does things work out better for him he never comes close to falling maybe it's because he doesn't do so out of ego but i mean you could arguably say that in taking anakin and pretty much saying listen i'm training this fucker like good luck gg no re like to whatever the council says that he thinks he knows better um but yeah there's definitely elements of it that come through but i i 
I kind of wonder if there is more elements where he is taking into account the mm-hmm. the needs of the people involved. Where he's not, he's obviously not always doing that. Yeah, but he's he is the one who ends up building more of a consensus between the uh, the Naboo people and the Gungans. And like there, there are moments where he's kind of imposing himself on them, but it's him and Qua- or him and Obi Wan. I just did the same thing in reverse where they're the ones pointing out like you guys need to work together but it's not necessarily you guys need to work together only doing the things we say right so he's not quite where dooku is on this yeah yeah no that's a good point it's like how how like what like what how do i teach my child to become like qui-gon not like dooku i need i need a short animated series about that i can show him (laughs) I mean, just uh, show him the final scene from Obi-Wan a few times. and Yeah. <laughs> him. Uh, okay, so that leaves us really the one big episode. I, th- I think this was probably the most talked about episode. The Yaddle episode. You want to talk about Ego? Let's talk about fucking Yaddle. Listen, Yaddle had the fucking Sith Lords. Yeah. She had their home. She could have docked. Yaddle could have docked Palpatine. Yeah. But instead... She tr- she was literally like fucking one two v one me good luck, and like <laughs> she had her ship. They didn't see her. Palpatine was wearing his classic disguise of like a hood. Like not even it's not even that big of a hood. Like you can still see his chin and his face. Like and she only heard his voice at first. She was hanging around outside. Yeah. So like fucking record that at least. Even if you're gonna go in, at least like hey boys, just in case like you know, I'm gonna I'm going for it. But no. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, unless you're sure, even if you're sure that Dooku is going to turn against Palpatine, yeah. Which, why the fuck would you think that? Like, who you're do you gonna think need evidence. you are? Yeah, you're gonna need evidence for hey, we didn't just assassinate the Chancellor, because <laughs> like you know, two Jedi killing the Chancellor is probably also not a good look. Yeah. Was this before Attack of the Clones? Uh, yeah, it was like right after Qui Gon died. Okay, so maybe maybe we're being too hard on Yaddle. Like the last time that anyone heard of a Sith Lord. It was a fucking Padawan absolutely murking Darth Maul. So, and yeah, I mean, sure, Qui-Gon dies, there, but... But even when she got there, you know, she should have... But you're right, maybe she underestimated him. Or yeah. when she doesn't get crushed by the door, instead of opening the door and going out the front, just go back out the back. <laughs> yeah. Pretend to be dead, who knows? Yeah. Yaddle taking an L there. Big L, yeah. Big L. That was that was probably, I liked that episode though. That was a good one. Maybe my yeah. favorite. It was definitely the most actiony, uh, much yeah. better duel than the uh, than the Inquisitor and Ahsoka. Good they only music had the budget well. for one. Yeah, yeah. good music. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I saw a lot of people saying like this series is like this is like you need to watch this. Like it's foundational. It's the best animation. Like I understand why people feel that way. I'm not mad that they feel that way. I'm just, I'm not there. Yeah. Like, when the early reviews came out, I was like, I thought I was going to get flamed for having a negative opinion. I didn't really. Um, but, like, people were positive about the show, and they seem to still be positive as well. So, I mean, it's not like we're sitting here saying it sucked either. It's just we're not. No, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it, what's there is not bad. I just wish what's there was different. Yeah. It could have been telling, like, I, I think, like, if it if it was just the Dooku stuff, I don't think either of us would be 
anywhere near negative about it. But I no, think, I agree. Like our most negative points are just the Ahsoka stories don't really add that much, which is I don't think the the most biting criticism there's ever been of of anything. No, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, do you have so what are what are your thoughts? Are we getting another another season with different stories? I actually don't think so. Okay. I don't I don't think so, yeah. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think it's very possible, but if I were to like I wouldn't be surprised, but if I were to take a guess on which is more likely I don't think we're getting another season under the Tales of the Jedi name. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's fine. I know I contradicted what you said earlier. I'm sorry. No, I like I already disagree with what I said now after you talking <laughs> about the assets. <laughs> so you don't think we're getting another one either? Probably not. Who knows? Maybe it moves the needle on like Disney Plus. That's like the other thing. Like I don't think this is taking in that many new. Like if you're watching this, you probably already have uh, Disney Plus. So. Yeah, I think a lot of the same-day release anthology things probably aren't their biggest subscription-getters. I think Visions a- has the advantage of... I bet you there were anime fans who really yeah, loved, yeah, especially sure. where they were a high like studio trigger and whatever else, who will like, yeah. at least temporarily check it out. I do kind of wish this came out in December, because there's not going to be anything in December, right? No, Bad Batch is February, right? Yeah, like, isn't it Bad Batch February? No, is Mando no, February? January. Bad Batch is January? Bad Batch is January. Man, Mando is, what, March, I think? Yeah. Fallen Order, or Jedi Survivor is February or March, too. Is it that soon? Man, this can be fucking bump it next year. Yeah. Because oh. we've got... Andor's gonna end late November, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be... It's going to be a Star Wars-free December, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Do we get Visions coming out in... Is that December? Is that this year? I thought that was next year. Maybe not. I don't know. Just kind of spitballing here. Visions is great, though. I'm excited for Visions. Um, Way more than I was for this, but that's okay. Even though... Oh, no. It's spring 2023. It's going to be fucking busy next year. I I tell you what. Marmar has an interesting idea. I want a Tales of the Jedi story with Grievous. That would have been cool. I know Grievous has had the comic adaptation done a million times, but I think that would have been kind of interesting. Especially where he always is painted as the most one-dimensional villain ever. He's literally like a fucking cackling, like he's going to fucking rob a train villain. Like I would have... Where Dooku, you kind of always get the idea that there's a bit of nuance into him. I mean, he wasn't I don't know how you... I don't know how you still... How you would frame that as a tale of a Jedi, though. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Unless, uh, like, he shows up at first with lightsabers that he's stolen. So maybe, yeah. maybe instead yeah. of Ahsoka, we get Grievous getting a shuttle crashed on him, and then up till when he steals his first lightsaber. Yeah. There you go. 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 Uh, there what else you got for for Tales of the Jedi? Where are you putting it in your animation show ranking? Very Is that bottom. even fair? I think we're putting it both at the bottom. Very but I don't bottom. know if it's if it's the most fair thing to do when it's this kind of series. Tales of the Jedi. F- f- uh, hmm. I don't know if I want to put Vision. Yeah, Tales of the Jedi, Clone Wars, Visions, Bad Batch. No, Bad Tales of the Jedi, Clone Wars. Just because there's so much of it, so much of it's great, so much of it's a dud. Um, Vision or Bad Batch, Visions, 
Rebels. That's probably my ranking. I think that's probably the the objectively correct ranking. Yeah, every time I say I like Rebels more, I, I lose 100 subscribers. People are allowed to have their own wrong opinions, so... Yeah. I didn't include Star Wars droids. We'll talk about that a different day. Or Tarnakovsky's uh, Clone Wars or uh, Ewoks, but whatever. If I ended up putting Tarnakovsky's Clone Wars below regular Clone or not regular newer Clone Wars, I'd probably get a lot of angry emails as well. E e e e e. Ewoks theme song. Remember? I don't want to remember. Stop it. Okay. I keep telling you I. I need it out of my head, and then you keep doing that. I know. I don't appreciate it. Because I keep it. remembering that you it's an earworm for you. All right. First email of the week comes from Joseph. Says, in the episode, I couldn't help but notice that... So this is episode 45, Mandalorian... So episode 45 of Tapcalf. Mandalorian chapter 4, The Tragedy Jedi Predictions. Joseph says, in the episode, I couldn't help but notice none of you three mentioned that you predicted it may have been... Uh, none of you, the three of you predicted that it may have been Cam Solisar, but I think it's a disservice <laughs> to his character. And this just gets back to why I'm right about our prior discussion and how Cam never had a snowball's chance in hell of making it into anything else. Wasn't Cam in a video game? Was he in a video game? He was in comics and books, but mostly just because the same people wrote the comics and books anyways. <laughs> I just looked up Cam Solusar, and the second uh, image is uh, Star Wars Universe fandom, and the the picture there from him was Bruce Willis. <laughs> I thought he appeared in something. Maybe not, though. I thought he appeared. He's in the actually video game. in the background of the prequel trilogy. Yeah, good for him. But yeah, I I think Cam Solisar is too busy playing space chess and having sex with women and being Billy Idol in his spare time. Hmm. Um, our next question comes from Attila. Who asks, do you think the show kind of makes the whole existence of Kenobi kind of weird, seeing as it establishes that Bale had Ahsoka on retainer the whole time? <laughs> That's a great point. I don't think it does. I think Ahsoka can't get into some places as easily as Obi-Wan can. Yeah. On account of being a Tigruta. And they know she's alive. I th actually, maybe not, because she did kill that Inquisitor. I'm going to do a short on that, actually. Thank you for that. I don't know. I think, like, Ahsoka could have been busy. Yeah, for sure. There's other other things in the galaxy that need to be done. You can have two Jedi at the same time. Uh, next question comes from Micah, who says, While watching the new Tales of the Jedi show, my wife asked if Dooku and Yaddle used to date. What do you guys think? Also, is Bale the king of Alderaan? He is the monarch of Alderaan. Um, it, it, what is his title? Is he king? Bear. Uh, like he's the senator, but I don't know his, like what the connection isn't. His wife usually called the queen. Yeah, she's usually called the queen. That's why Leia is the princess. But he's also only ever really referred to as the senator. And the all the monarchies and stuff. Right. Wars so are he's weird. he is the consort of Brea, yeah. and I guess it's kind of like in in the British he's monarchy. He's the Prince Philip of yeah. Because in the British monarchy, you, you say queen right when it's the husband or the wife of the king, but you don't say king when it's the husband of the queen right yeah right because it was always prince philip because it's like there's queens but then there's like queen regnant queen mother right. all that fun stuff because we have a queen well there's a queen now right like isn't uh what's his name's wife 
called Queen? Uh, I think she's just called Camilla Camilla. They renamed Queens to Camilla. Queen Camilla. Yeah. So they call it, they call yeah. it, they do call her Camilla Queen Consort. So yeah. I actually didn't know that. So yeah, it's that side of the family that's, that's the, uh, the monarchy. And if it's anything like real world monarchies, then he's in the royal family because they're related anyways. <laughs> yeah. And also they're probably going to rename all those Star Destroyers that they called the, the, uh, the Princess Leia after they figure out what the fuck she did in her youth. Something real bad. <laughs> Princess Leia doesn't sweat. She just doesn't. <laughs> well, Christopher's question, we basically spent most of the episode on talking about the canonicity of stuff. Yeah. So thanks uh... for the question. Well, we fucking got you covered, bud. <laughs> and finally, from Joel... Uh, Joel says, I feel like Tales of the Jedi is the first time ever that the characters of Count Dooku has been properly done justice as a concept, at least when it comes to on-screen appearances. He's always had an interesting idea that could have been very complex, but it's never been fully realized until now. And I think that's true, but it's also like, as a villain in the movies, he's never really had a huge part. We hear that he's a political idealist, not a murderer, but I don't and see how Jedi. anyone could see, uh, how anyone could not see that he's also a murderer here. Like, why didn't Mace Windu pipe up and say, well, there's, there's actually those times that he tried to murder all those other people. He knew, and he didn't warn anyone. Yep. Well said. So Mace is taking another L on that. He didn't warn. He didn't warn the Jedi about what he knew. Okay. Anything else you want to cover on tonight's episode? No, there was the rumor of uh, that the Hollywood Reporter said about the movie, but I don't even want to fucking talk about that oh. shit. Do you want to see uh, reviews? You want to open up a review? Oh, yeah. I haven't checked that in a while. So, uh, while you do that, I guess I'll say that... Well, who is it? Damon Lindelof? Damon mm -hmm. Lindelof? Whatever his yep. name is. Yep. Uh, there's another movie. It wasn't an announcement by Lucasfilm, so uh, as much as we say they're premature in announcing movies, technically, this one isn't on them. This was a leak. Uh, but another Star Wars movie that maybe something will happen with, maybe not. Yeah, it's always like, I do take notice when the big, like, Hollywood reporter type uh, um, outfits make these these news. It's a lot, you know, more credible than Mike Zero. Um, yeah. I do or have a couple of reviews. On X-Clips. Yeah, I, I do have a couple of, uh, I do have a couple of reviews. Yeah, I, I can't, Act like Mike does it, and I don't as well. I don't usually claim that I've got. No, I said every other video. What do you think that means, Justin? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I've got a couple of reviews, including, and I'm sad to say, a three-star review. Uh -oh. And I gotta say, that actually really hurts us because um, we don't get that many reviews. So if you guys, if you guys could leave a review, that really helps. Because um, you know, one three-star reviews, it does move the needle. On us a bit. Uh, so this one, anyways, no hate, no hate on the person who gave it though. This was from Bryce, uh, who said, "Decent pod. If you can find the episodes where the title subject is discussed instead of the fifty plus convos about how great Thrawn is or whatever family drama they have going on." I think we always get to it eventually, but always check the uh, check the, check the notes, the podcast notes. If if we get really off, I topic, think this is. I think this came after the one episode where I was talking about how I gave my my grandpa the the finger coming down the hallway that time, and about whether or not he noticed. So I think that was a that was a drop in the bucket. If you're talking about like the the Jedi uh, 
anyone who says that about the what was it the jedi young jedi knights series we very rarely talked about the actual books there because there's like 50 pages yeah yeah um but anyway fair enough three star review out of five kind of kind of a big deal but that's all right mm-hmm. I'm just joking. Uh, This next is from Nick. I don't think I've heard this one. He said, This podcast is great for every kind of Star Wars fan. Casual, diehard, and everyone in between. Thanks largely to the host and their appreciation for Star Wars and storytelling. If you aren't familiar with the sprawling stories, I like that, of the Expanded Universe, it's a great way to get into those legends. If you're an old-school 90s Star Wars fan who loves the EU, it'll make you appreciate those books and comics even more. Thank you very much, Nick. I really appreciate that. Um, I think I may have read this one, but listen, we got time. Kim... uh, Kim Cast, I'm going to guess, is what that stands for. Says, very happy I found the only Star Wars podcast out there. As someone who read nearly all of the old EU books when I was younger, but who no longer has time to go back and read them, I enjoy listening to Eck and Corey recap them all. There are numerous ones I completely forgot existed, and it's fun to rediscover them. Also, as a kid, I did not recognize Luke's incel behavior, me neither, or the Akbar slash Winter illicit relationship, but now my eyes have been opened. 100% recommended. Um, there you go. And I think think that's it um oh actually no i haven't seen this one before this is old i don't know how i missed this the this podcast is great it is all the great flavor of a bucket of kfc chicken with how in-depth they go with the reviews on old and new canon only drawback is the greasy bottom of the bucket known as charlie but his infrequent presence much like a heart attack keeps things interesting (laughs) jesus christ there it is (laughs) And there's also an Audible review. I don't know how we access those, though. Oh, I we're on Audible. Yeah, me neither. Fuck. Is that really a thing? Yeah, I think so. I probably just did it, because, like, it's pretty easy to, once you're on one, to get on all the other ones. Oh, there it is, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Although it's hard, for some reason, to fucking get them to update the logo. Like, I've got to do something to push it, but... I do see, also, I gotta say, we got some real fucking... Some real fucking warriors out there. Some real... Uh, Tapcalf foot soldiers out there on Reddit. Anytime someone mentions a Star Wars podcast, looking for a recommendation on like the Maw installation or Star Wars EU, we're almost always number one uh, for like EU podcast recommendations. So I really appreciate that because I think that's how we get a lot of new listeners. There are a bunch of people out there spreading the word. Uh, each one, teach one. If you're on Reddit, each one, teach one. That's that's the motto. I want, I want, um, from each one of you guys, I want, uh, 300 Nazi scalps. Uh, Excuse me? Oh, okay, Nazi yeah. scalps. I thought you were talking about scalp walker. <laughs> no, 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 300 <laughs> Nazi scalps. I don't remember how much he actually asked for an inglorious bastard. Look for whoever Kanye is, that's probably where they will be. And, uh, one podcast review and two new listeners. That's, that's it. Come on. That's it. Well, maybe we'll read the uh, the audible reviews next time because we we've done like five minutes on reviews already. Someone did say they sent one final question, and we'll end with that. Can you get that, Corey? Uh, I should be able to. There we go. I just fucking throwing you under the bus. Uh, I still the last one I got is still from uh, from six thirty seven. Huh. Not in spam or anything. I'm looking in spam now. Okay. Uh, the last one in spam is Salvador Dali. Your annual enrollment Medicare info has arrived. Hi, Salvador. You're receiving this email because we believe you may be eligible for improved Medicare benefits during annual enrollment period 2023. You just have to move to Canada. Oh, Simply you're confirm Canada. a few basic details to see how much you could be saving. 
I need your credit card number, the date of expiry, and those three little funky numbers on the back. You'll get approved Medicaid. There you go. All right, well, thank you. Uh, we'll get it next time, Aaron, though. We'll get it next time. Thank you, it, Salvador. Make Allen. sure you, you check the spelling, T-A-P-C-A-F, transmissions. But, yeah. Yes, there's no E in TAPCAF. Yes. Or transmissions, right. which is nice. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have time for more emails next time as well as any that we've uh, missed because I, I skipped over any Andor-related ones because yep. next week's going to be all Andor all the time. Yes. But we're about to go and do some Halloween celebrations over on X2 uh, on YouTube as well as twitch.tv slash Loses playing some Phasmophobia and then also playing something else. All right. Good night, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>